Hi, this is Mandy Boo, and you're listening to the only comics podcast that doesn't make me want to put my fists through a wall. My spidey sense is tingling. Ladies and gentlemen, Slimbo Slice, the Paper Cake Podcast, episode 100. Welcome to the show. Uh, Episode 100, we talk about industry news, uh, the books we're reading, and we do a book club. This week, the biggest book you can think of, Kurt Busiek, George Perez, JLA Avengers. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's your first time. Maybe it's your hundredth time. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, let's go around the room and introduce our panel. You know, you're checking out a comics podcast, and 99% chance it's garbage. Not this time, friend. Just look at that guy dancing right now on video. Writer. Writer. Unpublished. Jonesy loves beer. You uh, are dan- you're a dance machine. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, a lot of firsts in my life happened while being a part of this program, and I hope for many more seconds to come. You lost your virginity on the show. It's true, live on to tape. <laughs> to whom? <laughs> Well, he's only sitting next to one person. <laughs> uh, that's the worst intro I've gotten in 100 episodes. Uh, lost his virginity to Jonesy Loves Beer on the show. He is black. He's a former D.C. historian. Uh, you are an actor. You're a man of the people. Uh, Mark Farrington, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. It was even better before my virginity secret was spilled. Nevertheless, I still love y'all. That's not a denial. That's not a denial. It's a non-denial denial. Uh, VP of merch. VP of getting retweets from comic creators on Twitter. VP of wearing a shawl while recording a podcast. Uh, VP of sporting the most adorable gray hairs that I've ever seen. Thank you. Podcast bad boy. Uh, Twitter celeb. <laughs> Dale underscore A, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Paper Keg 100, the centennial celebration of... Frankly, a big part of my life. 
I've been busy over the last few weeks, and uh, I'm going to be sprinkling in a little fun throughout the show. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for a little bit of fun. <laughs> Reminiscing, congratulatory, yeah. you know. You got some kind of scheme cooked up over there? I got some, some kind I of schemes? Some audio. Yeah. Really? Some audio? Hmm. All right. Yeah. You know, so uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be peppered in there. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll expect the pepper to come swift and hard. Sounds this is our hundredth hundredth episode. We we've done a book club every episode specifically, and we've come to episode 100. We kept it a secret for what book club we were gonna do because it was closely tied to a cash promotion that we did. You know, people submitted their book that we should do, and. Uh, do we know who submitted JLA Avengers? Is it Dragonfro? At Dragonfro on the Twitter submitted that. You've won. Hopefully you live near Delaware. Otherwise, I burn the money. <laughs> <laughs> My word. Wow. It's only redeemable at our show sponsor, the comic book shop in Delaware. Did you feel silly making that threat while you had the monocle in your eye and twirling your mustache? <laughs> Never. Or I burn the money. Uh, so we're doing JLA Avengers as our book club. One of the biggest books we've ever done. Uh, one of the stinkiest pile of trash garbage books we've ever done. <laughs> Save it for the book club. Save it for the book club, everyone. Episode um, 100, all the rules are out the window. Just changing it up. You know, big changes are coming to this show. Mark, I'm not sure if you're aware. Hit me. Big changes. Hit me. What's up? Uh, I don't know. You know, big <laughs> hyperbolic changes. Well, maybe we'll get into it later in the show. Hyperbolic, he says. Uh, is there anything happening in the world of the news, Dale? Underscore A? Um, not much, other than the fact that I've been busy over the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and some friends of the show have wanted to chime in. And I'm going to play the first one for you right now. Because I know he's on Twitter, searching the internet, Wayback Machine, as we speak. This is the comic book Candyman at Feinsta, here to offer a congratulatory message. As a fan since before the Paper Keg beginnings, a carryover from the Forgotten Comics podcast, I've seen Paper Keg and the Paper Keg community grow from a group that simply talked about comics to a show that not only stands as a platform to promote the medium, but also promotes those that stand out within its community. I've interacted online and met in person many from the paper keg community, from simple fans to industry professionals, all with a passion for comics and all that they encompass, and all from being a part of this fantastic community born from a simple show that simply talks about comics. I want to wish Slim, Dale, Mark, Beth, show sponsor the Tai Tai, Patrick and Sarah Titus of the Comic Book Shop in Wilmington, Delaware, Mr. and Mrs. Beef, Just Dave and Mary Sale, Don Garvey and Mike Connolly of the Radio Free Echo Riff podcast, and to the most subdued hosts in all of podcastum, Jonesy Loves Beer. A very happy 100 episodes <laughs> and to 100 more. Cheers. Comic book Candyman. Brad Height Melting hearts with that message over here. I teared up a little bit uh, and the camera reveals all. What a guy, did what a he? guy. He reads so well and not once did I think he was Canadian throughout that message. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> He's just, well, once you get over 50, the Canadian accent disappears. I think yeah. is what's happening. When you, when you enter semi-retirement, they just, uh, they take your accent back. My word. <laughs> Brad Brad Heitmeyer, for those that maybe tuned in after the 70s or whenever you started, but Brad 
used to draw the covers for each episode. We used to have a custom-made cover. If you search our Tumblr, maybe there's a way to find them. But he used to draw them every week, and they were great. Remember that Fear Agent one he did? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the semi-autobiographical Fear Agent cover, where he used to look <laughs> yeah. surprisingly a lot like Brad, I recall. And uh, there's also, I heard something that he's actually working on a comic book with Jonesy. What? Yeah, The Inherited. I heard they could be <laughs> days away from an announcement. <laughs> Uh, inside joke, Jonesy has been making a comic book for the past four years, and it is days away, according to a Twitter post it could from be. two years ago. <laughs> it could be just days away. Uh, any other, anything else in the world of news? Uh, well, I, I know we were taken to task a few weeks ago to kind of rattle off a couple of our favorite moments from the show, and uh, I wanted to use this time as a as a forum for you guys to chime oh, in. You. I could t- I could tell you my number 3 our barcade paper keg meetup last July in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That mm, was fun. Yeah, that was great. Uh can I go next? May I? My number 3. When is the ne- when's the next barcade? That's the real question. When is it? Is it going to be in New York? What? Is it, that what you're it saying? It might right have now? to be. No. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? I'm just throwing out there. We should probably schedule another one. Paper keg surprises. I mean, we you just threw that one at us. So. Paper keg New York. Think about it. Okay. Mm. Think. I'm about not paying it. for fare. You can pay your own way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pricks. Jonesy, you can talk uh, now. Number three for me uh, was the Ramadicon. Uh We all did a lovely small comic book convention. Uh, I met uh, fourth most popular host. Uh, Beth Corto for the first time at that event. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, that is the first time I heard the uh, first inklings of the fact that Slim could be getting his new career at Comicsology, a mm-hmm. milestone day for all of us. I think. All right, all Disclaimer: right. He works for Comicsology. His opinions Thank are you. his own. <laughs> my opinions are my own. Do not reflect my employer. Uh, great Mark, time. Do you have any memories of the show? We've been doing a show all this time. Do you time? know where you are right now? I just kind of <laughs> thought we were messing around, talking about maybe recording. I think uh, my number three memory is that fried chicken your mother made us that one so night. So good. My God. My word. That was... we, used to, we used to do the show locally. Maybe you thought we did because the audio is so good and we're so great. Uh, maybe you thought that we recorded locally anyway. But we used to go to Mark's basement, Dale's basement. And Jonesy's den, uh, and record in front of each other, and uh, occasionally we'd get you know some food together. Uh, Mark's mom would make us some vittles. Uh, I think Jonesy didn't you get us like a bread bowl one? one I one made time? a homemade uh, beef stew with bread bowls for our last official meal together uh, before we all parted ways and you moved uh, up to New Jersey forever and ever. Can I also can I do a tie for third? I don't even know how many memories I have because many of them are closely tied to the earth-shattering news coming at some point in the show. <laughs> um, when we recorded at Beth Corto's uh, mansion that like that she was house sitting for, and then uh, we were gonna quit the show, and then we recorded me 
canceling the show forever. Yeah. And then we slept on it. And then we recorded a newer version where I was less mean. <laughs> and then we went on hiatus. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually, I was going to put that in my top three. I f- totally forgot about that. I've been thinking about it all day, but that was definitely, that audio probably lost to the nether right now. But that was the know. most heartfelt, heartbreaking audio from Slim, Jonesy, and I. And I remember Beth Corto was all like scrunched up in her couch, like with her knees to her like chest, and she was arms are wrapped around. Like she didn't know what to say because it, you know, didn't really include her. But she was just bearing witness to us spill our guts and our hearts out. Yeah, we really <laughs> and it was had, the end. That was the end. Her. Yeah, I mean, most of the negative energy was focused at me, but either way, we really uh, <laughs> we did have it out with each other. Very interesting that all of our favorite. Live or all of our favorite moments were live because my number three favorite moment was when the Paper Keg crew plus Fiendsta, Mary Sale, and the Garveys did Wizard World Philly. That was a great time. Mm. And then after that, we all walked over to Nodding Heads Brew Pub, kicked back a few brews, swapped some stories, ate some wings. It was a good time had by all. Anyone going to Wizard World this year? I'm popping in on a Friday. My boy got me tickets, but... Oh, stop it. Your ticket guy. My ticket guy. I remember guy. multiple times we referenced your ticket guy. You've got some kind of shady friend that just probably steals tickets from StubHub or some such. You've been the fin- beneficiary of that guy before. I have? Uh-huh. Huh. What else? What else is happening? Should we move into the comic talk? Maybe? Yeah. Let, let me just... Know. Let me just... Let me just... Yeah, you go, you go right ahead. Just real quick. Big friend of the show here. Uh, I know he's got a lot of memories from uh, the past year, the past six to eight months. Big friend of the show here. Let me play the audio and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Everyone, that is Jack Patrick Jones wishing Paper Keg <laughs> a congratulations on 100 episodes. Oh, what a total surprise. Thank you, son. I love you very much. He really follows his father's footsteps, doesn't really know how to get into that mic very well. <laughs> Do you think that Jonesy is his son's least favorite host? <laughs> Do we know? Probably. <laughs> you only brought him into this world. Uh, yeah, how about that time when uh, after the fireside, Jonesy, you told us that you were having that kid? That Remember is that? that is my number one favorite moment. I sat on that news the whole episode. Oh, that's right. It was live on the show. Yeah, Slim stopped what he was doing, put his headphones down, came over and gave me a hug. Hmm. It was. Uh, I'm not. I'm not heartless. You know, yeah. it was beautiful. People think Despite I'm just the a heartless jerk. You know, just because Jonesy's literally the worst host in the show's history. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm not going to go over and congratulate him on having a kid. Literally. Literally. Anything else, uh, Maestro? Well, let's get in the comic talk. Okay. Okay. Now, we we put something into motion that we got. So, the 100th uh, episode for cash, we put out there, people put in requests, right? And then we, we, Dale circulated this spreadsheet where we divvied up the single issues. Uh, and then we we chose those, and we were gonna maybe choose those for our round table. You know, we each we each pick one book, we read it, and we talk about it, and then we we go on. So you don't win any money. 
It's not always about the money. Um, Mark Farrington. You know, I uh, one time, maybe just this time, we'll start off with you. News coming later in the show. Mark Farrington, what did you read? I read something that at Very Exciting on the Twitter recommended made me go back to my long boxes, pulled out my floppies. It is X-Men Volume 2, issues number 10 and 11. Back in the Claremont and Jim Lee days, it is starring the return of Long Shot. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. It never gets old. I wasn't even ready for it. Nobody is. This book was written 21 years ago. And from the cover to the entire end back page, everything about this book is just feels old. I mean, think about it. This is back when Professor X was alive. Cyclops was a good guy. Wolverine was on one team. And he was a cigar smoker. Mm. Um, basically, the X-Men get stuck in the Mojoverse. And they are reenacting several movies. Mojo's big thing is that he's a crooked television producer type guy who rules an entire universe. I remember thinking that this was the coolest stuff as a kid. Now, 21 years later... Man, I can't believe I ate this up. But at $1.25, oh, no. I mean, the art was great. Claremont is wordy. We all know that. There's really nothing to say. Maybe I just picked it up at the wrong time. Does anybody care about Mojo? Anybody? No, he's awful. Um, I just haven't read enough Mojo to care, I don't think. There's not enough out there to make you care, Dale. Oh, okay. Oh, my. But... um. I remember. I I think he was kind of cool growing up. That there was like this weird universe or planet that was just dedicated to reality TV shows, and plus he was really gross. I mean, I don't remember ever reading like a quintessential Mojo story. Although I think he was behind the astonishing Wolverine and Spider Man. Really interesting. Yeah, the end of that. Oh yeah. What's funny um, is this book. Sorry to cut you off, Slim. Um, the end of this book. One final time. One, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> it shows Longshot and Dazzler embracing because they just gotten back together after having survived the siege perilous back in the eighties. Mm. And Professor X spoils news for the entire X Men, kind of like a douche, and announces that Dazzler is pregnant with Longshot's child. <laughs> so in the back panel, you just see them talking, Dazzler and Longshot. And she says, Shatterstar for a name? You're kidding me. And huh, What? I know, right? What? Wouldn't you know that's one of the biggest mysteries in X-Factor, the current X-Factor series? I, I was floored. What? Floored. Maybe nobody else read the, that issue until right now. I had wow. no idea that that Shatterstar uh, was their kid. Well, it hasn't been proven yet, but... Peter David's been dancing around that storyline in X-Factor for years. Literally years. Wow. And then you just see one little throwaway panel of Shatterstar for a name. You're kidding me. Jonesy, are you sweating right now? I just saw you wipe away your brow. Sweating in joy. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. That's disgusting. (laughs) Uh, I think that's what your wife said when uh, you conceived your first child. (laughs) That you were sweating in joy over me. Uh, the I remember totally the shatter, the, sh- <laughs> the 
the Shatterstar character I was in love with growing up because he had a sword with two blades, you guys, and it was amazing. But not only that, I remember in the trading card set, it said that he originally wanted to go to the X-Men. That's the team he was looking for and to join. And I remember being so bummed that he was so cool that he couldn't have been on the X-Men. What would you do if uh, Wolverine and Shatterstar hung out and then went on Um, side adventures together as part of the X-Men? Little known fact, uh, they actually did do battle and hang out in an issue of Wolverine uh, drawn by none other in the early days, one Derek Robertson. Wow, you're wow. the Wolverine historian. Was uh, that when Wolverine is... had bone claws? No, this was uh, before the bone era. But it was, uh, yeah, it was really early in Derek Robertson's career, so it was like weird seeing him draw costumed Wolverine compared to his amazing uh, run later on with Rucka. Mm-hmm. Remember how Shatterstar used to worship Wolverine? He called him Lord Wolverine. Yes. Yes. Wow, I remember, really? like, drooling at the idea of finding out why Wolverine was so revered in his timeline and his future, but no, it wasn't to be. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. You're a writer. Can you confirm that? What's the I'm, last thing you wrote? Uh, fanfic aficionado. <laughs> uh, the hove of fanfic, if you will. Is that a word? The hove? Yeah, uh, for you hip-hop and R&B fans, you'll know what I'm talking about wink wink into the camera uh what did you read this week jim i took the uh, suggestion of several of our listeners and i read journey into mystery uh the first issue of the modern day run is an issue entitled the devil walks into a bar uh the framing Sold. for the series uh, the series is not focusing on one particular character. It's uh, kind of like the uh, DC Spotlight characters or uh, series where you could go and flip through each one. Usually they're as guardians. Don't stop listening just because I said that. Uh, in this issue, Mephisto, one of the devils of the Marvel Universe, kind of saddles up to a bar and tells uh, a bartender kind of the fallout of fear itself. And how he's going to try to angle for power and kind of get out of the way of all the heroes and villains clashing. But, uh, you know, Kieran Gillen, uh, his his writing and his dialogue of Mephisto makes Mep- uh, Mephisto drink every time I say Mephisto now. Uh, just this well-spoken businessman, like uh, soul for favor salesman with a uh, a nice you know, cut suit with a flower on the lapel. And it's this really cool one-off story where you just, you laugh more than you're intrigued, but it's because it's a fear of self-tying. So let's be real. It's it, it's borderline garbage already. Oh but uh, this manages to be a really snappy one-shot uh, issue. And I could see why people would turn to this title as an alternative to the cape stuff that Marvel puts out. Really great intro. I'm going to keep reading it. I got the uh, hmm. first volume uh, as a digital trade on Comicsology. Uh, I haven't I haven't read many great Asgardian stories, but the one true writer, Jan Jurgens, <laughs> <laughs> and his run on Thor. 
is just um, the, the, that's the one to beat. Drinking game. If you're going through the archives, drink when Jonesy mentions Dan Jurgens' run on Thor, and you're instantly dead, and we're at your funeral. <laughs> I might have only said anything like four times in the entire entire run of this show. I wish that Google had the technology for me to Google audio files, and we would just we would just type in his name and see how many pings we got. Well, we have an opportunity to tell our second favorite paper keg moment because you just reminded me, Slim, of what it was. You go right ahead. This is your night, Mark. What's your second moment? Drinking games to paper keg, specifically The Flash, the 1990 John Wesley Ship DVD series when we drank every time one of 20-some-odd rules were mentioned. Great day. Yeah, we almost killed somebody that day. Yeah, we We, did. We almost did. That reminds me to... Let me pull up my John Wesley Ship uh, congratulatory <laughs> message to paper paper. Thank <laughs> uh, God. That he just got ma- I got He him. just mailed us his silk shirt. <laughs> That's it. With, with the top two buttons removed, he he wouldn't need them anyway. Tina I'm McGee is to... standing at the door fuming, but she's oh not his girlfriend. <laughs> How about that dog, too? Remember the dog? I'm trying to pull up. Oh, here we go. I just Googled Flash TV drinking game, and my website comes up as the first result. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. We have rule number one is murals. First of all, if you've ever never watched the Flash TV series, get those DVDs. It's like a cheap Batman movie ripoff. Uh, murals, one drink. Uh, there is a mural of a horse in Barry's crime lab. Ship cleave or shippage. Because of the nature and majesty of John Wesley Ship's appealing chesticles and what seems on the surface to be a condition of his contract, in nearly every scene he is showing more cleavage than the female character he is having dialogue with. <laughs> <laughs> Example, Barry is wearing a shirt with four buttons undone. <laughs> Tina is wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> uh, rule number three, Flash walks two drinks. <laughs> the Flash would often zoom onto a screen just to do every other motion slowly and methodically. <laughs> uh, even when faced with danger, the Flash would continue to move at <laughs> would continue to move at regular speed and then often simply walk off screen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dale's holding it together. Nobody else is. (laughs) All right. Let me try to finish this last one. Barry super speeds into Tina's office only to slowly and deliberately walk out as Tina tries to convince him to submit <laughs> to some random and harmless mo- <laughs> just, just, random and just harmless watch the show you can see the tears on my face right now uh, we almost killed someone his name was Michael Henley he was on a few episodes of the comics podcast uh, great times at Papercake fully supports the designated driver program. He got home safely. Great day. Uh, my book was an old episode, an old issue, rather, of The Uncanny X-Men, Mark. Issue 244. <laughs> uh, Chris Claremont, Mark Silvestri. This is the one where the, the female 
uh, X members are on the cover, and then you see the shadows of those who are appearing in front of them. And uh, it's like, you know, they've beaten Magneto and the Sentinels, but how will they fare against the M squad? So this is like essentially Girls' Day Out, where they're cooped up in, uh, you know, the getaway, uh, Gateways slash, uh, not the Marauders, the Reapers' home after taking it over, so they decide to have some fun and go to a mall. It's also, i almost positive, the first appearance of Jubilee. Jubilation Women. Lee. Um, so they go to this, they go to the mall, you know, they're, they're dressing up in all these sexy outfits, they're getting makeup did, and Mark Silvestri women, I mean, you can't beat it with a stick. Storm, marked by Mark Silvestri back in the 90s or whatever decade this was, oh my god. Be still my beating heart. Um, so so the, the the security guards at this mall are very annoyed at Jubilee, and they, they see this flyer where they say, you know, hire the uh, the M Squad, which is essentially this Ghostbusters ripoff where these, these nerds try to trap mutants. So they do battle with this crew, and, and uh, that's the whole issue. Was, I thought it was pretty great. You know, Chris Claremont in that, in that era, in that era, just can't be touched, period. It's a it's a, a memorable time in all our lives. Um, in about ten minutes, I'm going to read another flash drinking game, and <laughs> absolutely, we'll all be ready. Dale underscore a. Um, real quick, before I do my book, I'm Don and I'm Mike, and we are Echo Rift, a five piece rock band from one possible future. In celebration of Paper Keg's 100th episode, we bring you. A one, a two, a one, two, three. I don't know what to expect. Uh, are they the real wild stallions from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? They... Is that what I'm hearing right now? Nice. Don and Mike over... Radio Free Echo Rift are uh, are going to hear this, and I don't know if they're going to completely agree or or cop to the fact that it was them. I'm thinking it was one of the other Don and Mikes from one of the Echo Rifts. I don't know. Right. You can't. But uh, they're big friends of the show, and we thank them for um sending in. They do a pop culture uh, podcast. You know, they talk about uh, movies and comics and books. But uh, it's all contained in the Echo Rift. I'm not sure if you realize that. Do you ever listen? Do you ever That's listen right. to that show with headphones on? And you can actually hear the uh, sound effects of them in the Echo Rift. Yeah, it's there's this like whole bed of audio beneath it all, and it's pretty low. Like you got to get your ear holes right in it and listen. But it's it's pretty um, effective um, if you listen. I read. Recommended to a uh, listener of the show, Steve M., The Amazing Screw-On Head mm. by Mr. Mike Mignola, my one and only. Your your boy. At times, my boy. So I, uh, I did my due diligence, looked on the digital storefronts for any sort of representation so I could offer it up to my co-hosts before I went into long box, long box noodling in the comic shop in Delaware. Found it, read it. It is a one-shot dark comedy book 
where the amazing screw on head is literally that. He is a head, has a screw where his neck would be, and he can be inserted into different bodies to perform different tasks. He works for President Abraham Lincoln, and Lincoln sends him on missions to basically save the world. And it's it's a fantastic read, and it's there's a, I can't believe there's only been one appearance by this amazing screw on head. It won the Eisner in like '03 for best humor publication, which is pretty I, I it's pretty amazing. I guess it's only for one issue. Hmm. It won com best comedy. It's, it's but, a low percentage. Uh, he's totally loyal to Lincoln, and he has to go. Um, fight like this Dr. Zombie who used to be like a, this uh, this really high up professor in some university and then he, he says that this is why I'm telling you Mr. President all of America's best men should be cremated for national security Whoa. and there's like one liners like that and uh, it's it's an amazing book if you could track it down I do see it dis- digital <laughs> but it's part of like an anthology series at $9 and I'm just gonna keep on trucking, <laughs> and r- I can't recommend this book enough. And rather than do the show, I think Slim is still reading the <laughs> Flash drinking. It only took him 100 episodes live. for him to derail the show <laughs> instead of uh, wrangling us all back. <laughs> Rule number ten: <laughs> Flash reveals his choking fetish. Two drinks. <laughs> <drink. laughs> Listen, I'm telling you. If you decide not to read Fear Agent, buy those Flash DVDs or watch on Netflix and play this drinking game with your family. Uh, lightning round. Two sentences or less uh, of another book we read this week. Mark Farrington. Give me a minute. I'm going to get it together. Get it together. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. Young Avengers Volume 2, Number 4. Kieran Gillian has brought back <laughs> all of the new, some of the former Young Avengers to battle Wiccan's parents. Save your money and go buy volume one of new Young Avengers because this book's garbage. Rebuttal, disagree. Rebuttal, save for the rebuttal. <laughs> Dream Merchant. Talking to that mic, babe. Image Comics. Number one issue, a cool twist on an old premise, and uh, great pulpy art to marry it with. Don't walk, run to your local comic shop to buy it, obviously. Uh, Tough choice. Um, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 2, numbers 22 and 20. Three, ignore what you may have heard about this series. It will make you feel like Miles Morales is the ultimate Spider-Man. Big lightning rebuttal. Disagree. Save it. Hey, Paper Keg, Pat Loika here. I just wanted to wish you guys a congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. 
You guys do some fun shows. You guys bring some excellent discourse in the world of comic books. And I want to wish you guys another 100, no, 300, no, maybe 500, unless you do a reboot. Uh, more episodes to come. Uh, thank you guys for what you do. Take it easy. Oh, love that guy. That nice one, Pat. Loika Mania. I guy has the biggest hardcover collection I've ever seen in my life. I know he secretly listens God. and has heard me calling him in the night, Pat. Thank you, <laughs> Pat. The Eighth Seal. Ooh. Thrillbent John. The First Lady of Our United States Spoilers. has horror dreams of killing little kids in a classroom. I don't know what I'm reading, but I'm terrified of the imagery within. Uh, here we go. This is the big one. Dragon Fro, friend of the show, entered JLA Avengers as his 100th episode book club. And unfortunately, we picked that book club out of a hat. Uh, Kurt Busick, dear friend of the show, dear friend, Astro City. Uh, you ever heard of it? Real quick, real quick, Dragonfro. We will work out the deets to get you. Uh, you did win a hundred dollars cash to the comic book shop in Delaware. We will work out how you're going to spend that money, babe. <laughs> it's all yours. We're going to get you your books. I think you live out in out west somewhere, but you, you don't even worry about that. Uh, VP of merch over here will take care. Of your woes. Go ahead, Slim. Secret Identity. You ever hear of that book? You ever heard Show of it? enough. Once or twice. Uh, Kurt Busiek. Ast- Astro City you brought up. George Perez. You know. I peed my pants when I was talking about Dragonfro. Marvel and DC joined forces to publish this series. You know, what more can you ask for? The, the Justice League uh, battling? Joining forces? With Earth's mightiest heroes from Marvel Comics, Jonesy, if you can tell us about JLA Avengers. Imagine that in the Marvel Universe and in the DC Universe, it is just filled with MacGuffins and cosmic beings have decided to play a <laughs> That's super quotey fingers, by the way. Have decided to play a game as they like to do, uh, pitting one universe against the other. The way to keep score is the JLA and the Avengers will have to cross over in the universes and obtain items of power that they will use to win this game. Uh they are naturally slash unnaturally compelled not to like each other off the bat. They both have strong critiques of uh, each other's realm. For instance, the Justice League sees the Marvel Universe as a broken world where the heroes have failed them. The Avengers see the Justice League as a, a pompous force that rules their Earth with a iron fist and uh, tells people how it's going to go instead of inspiring them. So there's a uh, there's some deep stuff there, probably sprinkled in by Busick, because it's apparent that this volume was written by the edit uh, editors. But regardless, 
moving on. Uh, Alleged. Uh, at the third issue, uh, you find out that it's all been a ruse, that the game was really the uh, manipulation of one of the game players into getting those items of power and using them to destroy both universes. The Justice League figure it out. They know what they have to do to stop it. And the power of the colliding realms causes them to change rosters and uniforms and different looks they've had over the past 40-so years of continuity at this point. Uh, shocking no one, they saved the day. And they uh, they bond, uh, they bond bid themselves a fond farewell to each other and return to their rightful homes. JLA Adventures. I actually thought that I was going to read something else. I thought this was the one where Wolverine and Lobo fight off screen or something. What book is that? Marvel versus DC. Oh, damn. Poem Next time. Dragon Frode. Next time. Dragon Frode. <clears throat> That'd be funny if that was his actual submission and we just read the wrong book. <laughs> yeah. Shame on us. Now, Mark, well, you were excited. You were jubilant to find out that this was going to be the book club. I was. I mean, I've only been pushing it for like 70 episodes, so thank you, Dragonfro. Tell us about uh, the first time you've ever read this book, and what w- what was your experience like at that time? The first time I read this book, off the bat initially, it was a little bit of disappointment. I mean, these are the two premier super teams in the Marvel and DC universe. This is the thing that most fanboys sit around and argue about when they're school kids. Who'd win in a fight, Batman or Captain America? Who's faster, the Flash or Quicksilver? So I've had this in my head for years, literally years. And when I got it, I was a little disappointed at first that it was a typical misunderstanding fight, team up and take out the bad guy formula. But when you think about it, what else could this have been? I saw everything I wanted. I saw my favorite Avengers, I saw my favorite Leaguers, there were battles, there were definitive winners and losers. I enjoyed this book. It's a great superhero popcorn novel. Just real quick, let me just throw something else in here. What, during mid-discussion, I got, I got them piling up. I got them queuing behind me. Congratulations, paper take. On 100 episodes. On 100 episodes. Oh, it's my son, Grayson. Congratulating us on paper Adorable. keg. 100 episodes. I love it. I love it. Kids smarter than all of us combined. Absolutely. Mark's got some good memories of this book. I, This is a book where I kept, as I was reading, I'm like, I don't know if I was forcing myself to not like it or forcing myself to love it. Like, I couldn't, the reading style, it felt old, which I think maybe Busick did on purpose, it felt like an 80s or earlier book. The the plot, the way the story is, is, is written out and resolved. I just, I don't, I still don't know where I stand on the book. Am I supposed to love it because it's like that? Or am I, or was I not, just not interested in it? Um, I, there was a couple turnoffs. I mean, the, for overall... Overall, Mark was right. It's it's a fun popcorn book. It's just a shame that like those Avengers are not the Avengers that I really associate with. 
I could give a crap about Scarlet Witch and Vision. And Scarlet Witch was such a driving force in this book, which annoys me to no end. <clears throat> and Vision is just, you know, Vision. Like, that's, you know, you want to talk Avengers, let's talk Bendis Avengers for me, because I'd never really read Avengers before that. And Plastic Man, I could just use him as the Charmin. <laughs> I could just, he could roll, form into a ball of Charmin, and I would use him, I would like it then. I just can't get into Plastic Man at all. And but Busick can write him like a charm. Like this is probably how goofy comics were when Plastic Man appeared. Um the premise was good enough. I don't know how you're gonna wedge two different worlds together on a on a romp where they battle each other and then form a team up. Dale, did you like the subtle commentaries Busick tried to do about the DC and Marvel universe like the constant back and forth frustration with Superman and Batman or Superman and Captain America when Supes looked at the Marvel universe and basically judged them as failures and then with Cap looking Mm -hmm. or calling them peacocks strutting around expecting to be worshipped did you like I wish Busick had more of an opportunity to flesh out how the heroes are actually treated because the Justice League is used to succeeding in everything they do. And if you're a Marvel mm-hmm. hero, even when you win, you lose. Yeah, I thought I thought was what Busick was trying to do, like meta, was really cool how he was trying to get it in there. It felt a little forced because Superman and Captain America both had such attitudes that were totally out of character for them. And I know they tried to kind of explain it that this was part of the 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 smashing of the worlds together, people are getting skewed and stuff like that, but it was just really uncharacteristic of them. But I thought it was a really great chance for Busick to write, you know, what how these folks would think of their other publisher counterparts. Yeah. There was, <clears throat> I felt like every four pages, one of the Avengers or Justice League were sexually attracted to their other male counterpart. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were multiple times where Batman and Cap were like, "Mm, very impressive. You know, I think Cap even said that at the end when Superman was, I don't know what the heck he was doing, but Cap was like, whoa, I'm impressed. Where there was like several instances where they had to point out that even your favorite superhero likes the competitor's favorite superhero. I was like, get this Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> the most poignant thought... example is when Namer is like, thank God I'm only half Atlantean Aquaman because you really threw it down with these evil mer people. Threw it down. <laughs> or you know, it was such, you know, some kind it, of... No, it's true. And that could have been the dialogue <laughs> word for word and it would have just like, it, it would have... I would have believed I it. The, the 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 intro where they talk about the Games Master and the other guy, the Cronus, or I was literally... Snooze fest, the first three pages, and I I wanted to like stop reading. I was like, how can anyone that is not a super nerd of the Justice League or Avengers get into this book? And I am neither. And I was like, oh my god, we're gonna deal with the Cosmos universe for Avengers and Justice League. Like, I am literally going to just jump out the window and drop my head on this book. But I mean, per- the Perez art, like, I don't understand how he did. 
the stuff that he did on a semi-monthly basis. There are so many double-page spreads that pro- would probably take weeks for the artists that draw now in comics. Um, I mean, yeah. his, I mean some, that, some that's his, a massive undertaking. Yeah, some of his stuff was amazing. I mean, this, the 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 stuff with Superman lifting the hammer and the the shield, and I think the final cover was awesome. Some of the, I mean, the covers. I, I remember reading Wizard like back then, where it was kind of like a joke that like, look at this new B, um, Perez cover where he's he's drawing three hundred characters, and I was like, what on earth? But I mean, this the the. It, it, for me, it was like a chore reading through, and I, it just, I mean, it's not, it's not to say it's bad. It just wasn't for me. Like I'm, I'm not the intended audience for a JLA Avengers book. And I actually even had to load up the Wikipedia afterward to kind of get a shortened version of how the hell these characters were supposed to be doing battle with these these items. Like it still didn't even make any sense to me how. The Justice League and Avengers just said, like, well, shucks, okay, let's go battle these guys and get these items for this stranger that we just met. Like, you dopes. Like, when you, when you do some investigation, <laughs> investigative journalism on these guys and then maybe think twice about what you're doing. But, well, John Johns, Johns, Jones <laughs> scanned, scanned their brains. I mean, that's, that's all they need. And then um, Wonder Woman used her truth lasso and there was literally no chance in her mind that anyone could not be susceptible to the truth lasso. Like, she's like, well, that's all I need. Truth lasso is <laughs> always right. And that's it. Yeah, no. Game over. Let's go. She's like, batting oh, a thousand Let's with Let's go, that. Wonder Woman. What's that? She's been batting a thousand with that lasso since 1940-something. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't give a crap about her percentage or Scarlet Witch's little bikini top outfit that she had on that was ridiculous. Did you at least even get with the little moments, like when Batman and Captain America are in the Batcave and Cap is looking at the costume of Jason Todd? He turns to Bruce and goes, you lost a partner? He said, I did. Now can you get down here so we can get to work, please? And Cap just mumbles, all right, it's like that with him, huh? Come on. Oh, yeah, and then they're they're both... And plus, then they're 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 grasping each other, driving the Fantasta cycle (laughs) through time. Ace and Gary... Ben Grimm shows up. <laughs> ben Grimm shows up out of nowhere, and then they're talking about how much of a great man Ben Grimm is. And then Batman makes this He's weird, gone. offhanded comment about he seems like a great man or something like. Ugh, ugh. Like, why don't y'all marry each other? Have like a big JLA <laughs> sex orgy? Because that's what they all wanted to do with each other. Stop it! Stop. <laughs> J Guard L A. Jonesy, what do you think? Um. Uh, uh. So help me. If you agree with Slim, I'll kick over your mic. All right. You want to hear what you want to hear what this guy thinks before Jonesy Do speaks? It. This is Jim Zub, writer and creator of Skull Kickers, published by Image Comics. I'm thrilled to hear that Paper Keg has made it to 100 episodes and is still plugging away. Um, if I ever hit three digits in anything I worked on, I'd probably, I don't know, I'd, I'd reflect on my life at that point. And maybe I'd spend more time with my loved ones in the outside world. Um, not that I'm saying you should do that, but... Uh, <laughs> But your sacrifice is appreciated. So, uh, congrats on 100. Jim's up. Jim's up trolling. Jim's up merch over here. Getting Jim's up. That is pretty daggone cool. Did you trade that sounder for releasing him from your panic room? (laughs) (laughs) You don't even ask. You don't dare ask what what I go through for this show. 
I just picture him getting the handcuffs torn off, and he's running out barefoot at Dale's basement you know, with tattered clothes. He doesn't know where he's looking up. He, his eyes are, like, adjusting to sunlight for the first time in months, and he just runs right down the street, never to be seen again in New Jersey. It looks like Theon Greyjoy in Season 3 of Game of Thrones. Dale has set the VP bar pretty high. Do you wonder what you have to do to get that VP title? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to vie for some sort of uh, position in the new landscape of Paper Keg to come. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Uh, news. So, uh, anyhow, uh, this is what I thought. I thought that um, the story could only have certain elements to please both fans. And I think mm-hmm. those elements were laid down in a map. And it's to Kurt Busick's credit about how much he was able to break out of that mold and give us some really genuine moments and some really bad A moments uh, that kind of made this this kind of read stomachable because really this story is like the two biggest teams in comics join forces is like the free comic you would get at a supermarket event. Like it's <laughs> not geared for like an older reader who wants a deep story it's, uh, to Mark's point, totally a popcorn book. So Kurt Busiek, being the the high-caliber writer that he is, you know, tried to... Um, oh, my music. One last time. Uh, tried to give us moments for... Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers. For all styles and all walks of uh, readership. And uh, that is incredibly admirable. And for that, I will uh, always like this book. But uh, I don't see myself probably ever picking it up again to read it. That's all I have for the group. I think Jonesy summed it up very, very well. I think he did a great job with that grocery store analogy. It's amazing. When you think about this book, I mean, these are the most recognizable characters in comics. you got to please two companies. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, what... Like, firstly, they had to come up with something that both publishers are going to have to agree on. And, you know, because they're not going to let S fly if, you know, if they think their side of the uh, team is going to be disparaged in any way. Um, I think it was handled as well as it could be handled. Um, The one thing I really didn't like, and maybe you guys can help me critique the art a little bit, but the coloring... It wasn't the Perez art, but the coloring seemed just a little too... Off. Yeah, like off, not bright, but like... You know what it reminds me of is the current coloring on Karen Gillan's Iron Man. I don't really uh, dig the okay. art or the coloring on the, uh, those two issues so far. doesn't fit the artist a little bit. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think. It's just... It's too... Like, maybe every piece of, uh, you know, of a costume has, like, a point of light reference. Like, I, I don't... It's really hard to, to describe, but... Well, I loved Perez's art, and... Uh, except for the fact that, like, everybody's surprise face is, like... They all just got hit in the nards, <laughs> like, on some uh, liquid television program on MTV or something. Uh <laughs> No matter what news they heard, it's all the same. Whether they stub their toe or their the people of their city are dying because t- you know places are collapsing in on each other, 
They're all just like eyes popping out of their heads. But the coloring was what got me. Can you imagine getting that coloring gig and having to color all the characters that he'd drawn every page? I would quit. I was like, I don't want to do this. Guy, guy probably yeah, half-assed it. I wonder it you know, looked off. I'm glad I, I've, I've always been curious about the book. I'm glad I read it. One final time. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, uh... You got, you got another one? I got another little bit of audio yeah. here. Yeah, I got a couple more. So I'm just going to play them at r- impromptu times before the... Try to get them most of them in for the fireside, if you know what I'm saying. Jonesy, Dale, Slim, there he is. Mark, Paul here. Just want to wish you a big congratulations for reaching your 100th episode. You did it. You survived even the notorious extended hiatus. You survived the biggest trial of your lives. That's right. That's right. Pat yourselves on the back. Shake hands all around. Big hugs and kisses. Can't wait to join the 100th episode club with the ancillary characters. You guys are the best. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Well worth it, though. No, thanks. uh, Thanks, Paul. Um, Actually... Let me just play another one real quick because they're they're from the same team. Hey guys, happy 100th episode. Winnie the Pooh said, "If you live to be 100, they send in three different audio files, so 100 minus one day, so I never have to live without you." And here you guys have lived to be 100 episodes long, and well, I'm not going to take it quite as far as Pooh Bear did, but I hope to see at least a hundred more from you. It's been awesome so far. Congratulations. Could listen to that guy read the paper. Yeah, right. Alan Alan Boone from the Ancillary Character. He could podcast. have the greatest accent I've ever heard in my life. It's it's buttery. It's soothing. It's soothing. He, you know, he never raises his voice. He doesn't probably get angry. It's amazing. You guys ever wonder how many people out there are going to lose money by the fact that we made it to episode 100? I pre- you probably uh, lost a lot I, of money. I just PayPal Dale like $1,000 an hour ago. I mean, come on. We've had our speed bumps. Mm-hmm. There were times when we didn't know if there'd be another episode. Scalped. How do you transmit? How do you think we got Jim Zub to do the uh, audio? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, don't for, guys, don't forget to PayPal me. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them. To you. You want to do another quick audio yeah. while Mark opens that yeah. email? Let's see if we can get through this. Uh, catcher was recording from inside some sort of EMF field, <laughs> so EMF cage. Hello, this is Catcher. I've been trying to record this for like two days. Um, I just end up blabbing on, so I'm going to try and just kind of barrel through this as quickly as I can. So I'm sorry in advance. He doesn't. With hellos, Mark. Hopefully you actually showed up. If you did, congratulations, hello. Jonesy, congratulations to you, actually, because of your brand new baby boy. Um, I know you're probably afraid of screwing it up. Don't worry, I think you're going to be fine. Dale, congratulations to you also, boy number two. And if uh, the word on the street is correct, this will be the last one. So, you know, really do it right with this one. Uh, Matt, Matthew... Uh, Slim, whoever you are, um, whatever your moniker is, clarify that for me one day. It would be great. 
Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'll start with you and saying congratulations because you actually managed to, you know, take this little podcast that could and make it into something that is probably bigger than you even imagined. I mean, I know it was kind of like your attempt to, you know, get a job and you know, <laughs> make it big, and it actually worked. So, congratulations. Um, uh, to the rest of you, thank you for putting up with Matt for this long and actually holding on through and putting up with him because you've managed to become an integral part of the show and it wouldn't be um, what it was without you guys. So, yeah, um, so it's you've reached a, a hundred episodes. About halfway there. started listening <laughs> at episode 13, I think. Essex County, What Up Canada. Um, and it's, just, it's amazing plugged. to see how far you guys have come and I'm so glad that I, I got to witness something at the very beginning. <laughs> Um, well, at least, you know, at the sort of beginning. Rule, rule 12 of Flash it's Drinking It's been game. such a great ride, and I've got to meet so many great people. Earl, the dog, appears <laughs> with the episode's <laughs> villain, <laughs> five drinks. You know, create something that is truly, I think, influential, and that's kind of amazing. Which one's about the inept cops? yourselves on the back. Um, I also want to say that you guys seem to have a history of bombing, you know, celebratory special episodes. Don't worry. Relax. It's going to be fine. You know, I don't know. The best thing about this podcast is know, catch. how much it just feels like a group of friends hanging out and how much it makes you feel like that. And it makes me feel like that. And so just relax and have fun with it. Don't think too hard. I just want to thank. Um, He's not done. That's basically yeah. all not I done. Say. I will say, though, I am not pissed about Flex Mentallo. <laughs> I'm not pissed <laughs> about Grant Morrison hate. But I am quite upset with the fact that you guys have yet to read X Factor. Mark, back me up, bud. Thank you so much. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Um, and I'll see you sooner than later, hopefully. Thanks. Bye. That audio was well worth it because he's absolutely right about X Factor. Live from a rainstorm. <laughs> Catcher. Catcher, I just want to... Canadian rainstorm. <laughs> I just want to thank him for sending that in an audio form so I didn't have to read that as a letter. So thank you, Catcher. <laughs> Do you get any letters, Mark? More than a little. First one up is from longtime listener, first-time paper keg writer, guys, old friend of the show, Matt Lauer. I don't know if I'll make the cutoff, wow. but I wanted to congratulate you guys on your 100 episodes. Matt Lauer. The probably the most famous of us all, at least on Twitter. The guy gets uh, all kinds of tweets. Hunter at, at replies every second. Matt Lauer of the Today Show fame. Let's see. Next letter Hello? is from. I, I just dropped. I just dropped out. I didn't even hear that letter. I just dropped out for like a full minute. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Yeah, I wasn't even here. You look did my great. Comment about having time. to snip up the episode, even make it through. Nope, not at all. It no. was a gem. It was an absolute <laughs> gem. Oh, man. Next letter is from Roy Cogdell III, replying to his letter from last episode in which he talked about Injustice, the comic, number 17. Oh, yeah. Rebuttal. Not in DC continuity? Come on, stop it. Everything is in DC universes is, is contingent on how much Barry Allen misses his mom. <laughs> Why can't we just enjoy a fun story at a great pace? Wow. I will say the most powerful object in any universe, DC or Marvel, is that GD treadmill. Do you see it made an appearance in the uh, in oh, the yeah. book in the book we just read? As yep, well? yep. 
Awful. Yeah, it was in the JLA Venger Quinjet. <laughs> JL. JL Awful. Leaguer. It was in the Leaguer Jet. <laughs> B-Leaguer Jet, am I right? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just want $100 cash, <laughs> Jonesy. Next letter up is from Ramsden. Congrats on 100, guys. Just wanted to chime in with my favorite moment in PK history. Episode 45, Death of Superman. <laughs> Everyone is funneling their anger at Farrington because no other DC superheroes could help out Superman with Doomsday. <laughs> I've re-listened to this episode more than any other, probably because this event was the definitive moment of my comic reading childhood. Also, this was one of the first episodes I listened to, and I seriously thought Mark was leaving the show. I was like, man, there's some tough Spoilers. love on this show. Good stuff. Spoilers, Ramsden. Somebody is leaving the show. But who is the question? You know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, my son Grayson would say about Ramsden. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, in terms of personal milestones, that Superman Death of Superman episode was one of my favorites because. I referenced the biggest plot hole in that book's history as to why he didn't just throw Doomsday into the sun immediately <laughs> at page one. It would have been the end of the story. Any adversarial obstacle Superman has that is murdering people, throw him into the sun. He's not the Plutonian. You, you don't think he killed Doomsday at the end. He, he ended up killing him. He didn't kill Doomsday. At quote, I mean, you didn't know he was still alive until, you know, X issues later. That is true. Get out of here. Mark, do we get any more letters? <sighs> Thanks, Jonesy. No problem. <laughs> Next one up is from Stephen Blatchford. Hey, guys. Just started listening to the show this week. I'm working my way up to up from episode 80. Also, listen to the latest episode of The Flap. Dale, hmm. if you're still debating school, then you can shoot me your email. I'd like to toss some advice your way. Also, your information on vasectomies was very interesting. Oh, wow. great. Don't stop, yeah, guys. Thank you for Steve. that. Totally appropriate letter for Paper Gang's 100th episode. God told uh, us to totally just not stop, so we got to take his advice and not stop. <sighs> Hashtag, Hashtag the, the flap. flap. Twitter it. You can get, find <laughs> links to the show. Uh, we got another time for some audio. Oh, absolutely. In between letters. Go. Yeah. Paper Gang. This is Seth Breedlove. Uh, you may know me as the, I guess, the lead host <laughs> on Ancillary Characters. Uh, I just wanted to drop Shameless you guys plug. a line and congratulate you on reaching 100 episodes. That's a pretty phenomenal feat. And uh, I found this song, which kind of expresses how I feel about you. Uh, it's by a guy named Delton John. You might know Love him. him. <laughs> Love him, Seth. <laughs> but anyway... I just wanted to, uh, you know, just drop you guys a line, congratulate you, tell you I love you. I do worry a little bit about Jonesy's sanity. Uh, you guys push him a lot, and he just, I can hear him slowly slipping away. <laughs> and also, as with all the vasectomies and the children, I feel like I'm worried about Hashtag the flat. now as well. And despite the lack of snark in Slim lately... I am seeing it replaced with a sort of hatred for you guys that worries me as well. And then Mark, he's done. The DC New 52 had killed him. Mm. I'm really concerned that, uh, by the time we reach 200 episodes, mm. there will be just a mass killing, like a suicide sort of thing. So don't let that happen. 
but please don't ever stop recording. <laughs> Love you guys. Either way. Oddly accurate. How do you top that? With more letters, mm-hmm. that's how. That's right. Seth breeds love. I think we have uh, 75%, 85% of the hosts from Ancillary Characters Podcast. There's another plug for him. Did you see, uh, if any of you guys follow his Instagram, 150% breeds love on Instagram. No shirt. Taking a picture, selfie with him and his new bride. Congrats on your nuptials, by the way, Seth. But put a shirt on if you're going to Instagram yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Dale underscore A's unspoken Instagram rules. <laughs> Hashtag PK100. <laughs> Next letter is from Mr. David Finn. Hey, guys, I know you're about to bring up the big hundred, so just wanted to say a big congrats from me in Sydney, Australia. I went back through your dates, and the first episode I think I listened to was Kingdom Come, which is amazing to me as that was only December 2012. I doubt I had ever listened to a podcast in my life, and after I stumbled onto your Twitter feed... I remember listening to the show, not really knowing what to expect. It was really nice to find a group of chill people talking about comics in a way I could relate to without that kind of angry vibe I had previously seen the internet when it came to comics. Jonesy, this obviously wasn't the episode where you had a meltdown. (laughs) Listening to your show has broadened my love of comics and changed my reading habits. One, it introduced me to buying comics digitally, which is great. Two, my hardcover collecting took on a serious quote, don't mess with me tone, much to my girlfriend's bemusement and amusement. Three, probably most important, I got super absorbed in titles like Baltimore, Hellboy, Sleeper, Incognito, mm. which honestly I had never checked out and perhaps never would have. These are some of my favorite ever reads now. I dug your Sleeper show book club so much I just went and bought the Omnibus Blind. Ooh. Wow. wow. Amazing. Anyway, guys, I appreciate how challenging it must be to find the time to do this with work and young families, etc. You should all feel pretty good about yourselves. Dale underscore A, you shall always be the king of Twitter. Jonesy, there is no fourth most popular, my friend. No fourth host. I loved your blankets deflect. I've recycled your saying, quote unquote, buffet style. And as a fellow writer working full time, I wish you only the best in your writing, too. Thank you. Slim. Stay man, tuned. <laughs> man, you do Could a stand-up job. The podcast is high quality, and I dig anybody who goes hard to sound like you do for Fear Agent. Mm-hmm. Mark, <laughs> I hope you made it for the episode, bro. <laughs> Just kidding, he says. But seriously, I really hope you did. Okay, guys. Love y'all. Peace out. Rhett Lantern 2051, a.k.a. Dave. Dave that guy's amazing. Finn. It's a great That letter. guy's amazing and 14 hours ahead of us. Fact. Australia. <laughs> Is it 14 hours? in the future right now. Yeah. He already knows the earth-shattering news that we will be revealing, which you cannot guess. Show-changing, status quo-altering. Mere moments. Yeah, Mark, how many letters do we have left God. so I can space these out? One, two, three, four. Wow. And they're long. All right, long I'll, wait. I'll wait for... T- I'll do two and then two. I'll do you got my English after my high school English, English professor? Two. Did he uh, did he record a sounder for us tonight? <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Dave Mac knows Blaney. from Australia, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna get another uh, flash rule read to me? I mean, that's what I'm my gonna cue that up right now show. for you, babe. But here we go. Let's see what is another zany rule 
in the Flash TV drinking game. Barry is home and finally realizes he has a message on his machine. Drinks finish. Barry often comes to him comes home to eat seven or eight meals at a clip, plays with Earl, or bags the chick of the week, but only when he finally realizes he has an answering machine and checks it, you'll know calamity is about to ensue. Finish your drink. Example. Finish your drink. Barry has an important art gallery to go to. Thank God he checked his machine at nine at night after eating the entire contents of his fridge and locking the dog in the closet. <laughs> he, did he did that. Oh, I love, uh, love it. I love the Flash TV drinking game. I still need to. <laughs> I still need to try to read the the reveals his choking fetish one. Maybe we'll save that one for the fireside. See if I can get through that. Do we get any of the letters, Mark? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Next letter is from Jonathan Peterson. The subject, Jonesy, is a blend of PK and the flap. God bless. God bless. Gentlemen, this, co- this question covers comics and fatherhood. I've been listening to the uh, cast since Nerdcast. you become one of my top two comics-related podcasts. The blend of camaraderie and friendship you so obviously share along with the organization of the show you cover a lot in a reasonable time. Sets you apart and keeps me coming back. I'm happy you were able to get your collective S together to continue the show after the hiatus. I picked up several original graphic novels and trade paperbacks and avoided countless others based upon your book club. I've been reading off and on since the 70s and have accumulated 14 long boxes of floppies and some early OGNs. My first purchased superhero comic was Uncanny X-Men 104. I remember it so clearly as the cover was an homage to the very first issue. I'm the son of two strapping boys, 8 and 12. I've always worked to encourage their interest in comics by taking them to shops, buying them action figures, taking in the occasional Wizard World, and playing video games. Since I've resigned myself to the fact that the comics I've collected over the years are mostly worthless, I've decided to pass them on to the boys. Every few months I hold a comic book draft pick with the boys. We pull a long box out and they each get to pick 10 to 20 age-appropriate floppies. I supplement these comics by visiting my LCS. The older one digs Big Two events. The younger enjoys Tiny Titans, SpongeBob, Adventure Time, Regular Show, and Superman Family. Now they each have a few long boxes of their own and break them out regularly. Now that several of you have children, how do you plan to get them into comics? Thanks for the great show. And here's a throwback. Boo Richard. Oh, yeah. Boo Richard. What is he really saying? We'll never know. How do you get your kid? How do you get? Oh, I thought oh, that yeah. was his letter. No, I, 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 I listened to his letter. Goal. I thought you meant the boo, Richard. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that I'm so overzealous about comics that it will uh, turn my son off. He'll rebel against it. So I'm just going to let him discover it on his own. And when he's ready to uh, talk shop, dear old dad will be right there you know, to direct him in a, in a good fashion. Good, Good, good idea. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I think about it. I'm hoping it's like when he wants to like bring up signing up for T-Ball, I'll be like, oh, let's go maybe go read some comics instead or something like that. I don't know how it's going to work exactly, but <laughs> maybe it'll be along those lines. Oh, major football? No, let's go maybe just try reading this here book. Huh? You want to try that? Read The Amazing Screw on Head. That's right. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to get James to read comics. He's a big Curious George fan. 
two and a half years old. We'll see. George is amazing. He gets into a a lot of mischief. I don't know why the man in the yellow hat still keeps him around, to be honest. Speak of the devil. I pretend it. Paper cake. Uh, I pretend it. Paper cake. I pretend James, son of Slim. Congratulations. Is he from his bedroom right now? My son is Skyping in live he on gets the a show. Pass. Hello. He gets a pass. Hello, son. Go to bed. It's adorable. My son. He's congratulating us as well. We've reached we've reached a lot of years, including our sons. Mm-hmm. We're still getting yeah. to them. We still yeah. affect them. Slowly but surely. I have one of Reed, but it's mostly just him crying because he's been sick the past few days. <laughs> I could play it, but it's really not pleasant. Let me play it because I feel look- weird if I don't. <laughs> He'll hold it against you 20 years from now. <laughs> That's his bib, too, so it's not weird. Yep. Thanks, Reed. <laughs> I, I, ha- I imagine a future where uh, Dale's son and my son start a podcast and they also don't invite Jonesy or his son. To the flat, the, the next podcast. generation. <laughs> yeah. And Good. Jonesy just sits there stewing and making a Good. face. We're, we're already happy for you. By that point, Jack Ryan will be a published writer, so he won't even care. Who's Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yes. Jack Jones. Jack Jones will be a published writer. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend for seven years and not knowing my last name. Has it been seven years? <laughs> or longer. Moving on to the next letter from Dragonfro. Jonesy's salt levels are at near <laughs> record highs right now. Oh, yeah. 200 milligrams, babe. Well, guys, 100 episodes, all of them in the win column. I wasn't sure you'd make it this far, especially after the whole midget thing. But you proved me wrong, and I couldn't be happier. Okay, moving on. Can somebody tell me what the hell is going on in Avengers Arena? And whose idea was it to bring Darkhawk back? Spoilers, I once wrote an origin story for Ultimate Darkhawk. You can find it on Jonesy's fanfic site. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, fellas, this is getting a bit long for me, so I'll just say that I'm really looking forward to listening to the next 100 Wind Column episodes. Peace, love, high five, Jonesy. Hashtag Columbus. P.S. Congrats, Mark, on landing the lead on the new TBS show, Tyler Perry's It's Good to Be Black. You're going to do great. Say hi to Conan for me. I love Conan. I winner. Dragonfro. My cheeks are hurting for that letter right now. I'm uh, smiling so Dragon, much. Dragonfro is the recipient of $100 cash to the comic book shop in Delaware. Congratulations. I have dropped Avengers Arena after issue number two, so I have no idea what's going on in it. Never read a bit. I definitely want to get that in trade because I want to support it. It's, you know, like, that's the next, that's what you're reading if you read Avengers Academy before. But, you know, budgetary reasons, you know, lack of free digital copy, all those things factor into my pool list. The Darkhawk character in that book is different than the one in the 90s. Really? It's not Chris Powell? Mm. Nope. The hottest new hero from 1991, so says the subtitle of issue number one. <laughs> wow. You're good. Do we have any more letters, Mark? We have we got like two five letters. More. Oh my God. Shortest letter we'll ever get. From at Very Exciting. Happy 100th episode. Love the show. I even love Slim, the most hated of the paper keg hosts. Brian. Wow. Okay. Very exciting. Go, go, go. 
How about the? I think can we go back to my one of my, some of my favorite moments when you challenged people to write in <laughs> their oh, dislikes Lord. and hatred for me, and someone did, and by the end of the letter, they ended up agreeing with me. It might have been very exciting, for all we know. It might have been. been. The only well, thing that was suspect about that is the letters didn't come to me originally, <laughs> so we don't know what happened between editorial and them getting read on the air. To be fair. I'll get you the master copy. You son of a... <laughs> Whoa. Language. Language. Words. Family show. Last one. Yep. From old friend of the show, Pinooch. Oh, Pinooch. Y'all done did it. A century old. I am simply amazed and more importantly, infinitely grateful for all that you four bring to this show. The degree to which Paper Cake has extended outside of the podcast recordings into a community that seems to be ever growing is astonishing. Four dudes who love comics and wanted other people to hear what they had to say has transformed into something inspiring. Hell, there have even been podcasts and book clubs started because of this. You guys have covered so many creators from Lee Bermejo to Joshua wow. Fialkov. There's Chris Eliopoulos, <laughs> Dustin Wynn, and even Carmine D. John Domenico. <laughs> but it's, this is the ultimate troll. <laughs> I still think about when you guys discuss. Oh, that's not even funny. That guy's <laughs> e- art on Echoes and so many others. Rasan Ekidal's art. No disrespect to any of the creators' last names that I just butchered. My apologies. It's a gold mine of sound clips. Gold mine. <laughs> drooling at the possibilities of these clips right now. Many of us look back at episode 75 with the acknowledgement that at one point it could have been over. Every episode you've recorded since then, we all cherish a bit more than we did the first go-round. Here's hoping that 100 is merely a number, a chance to look back for sure, but also passes without hesitation and looking forward to episode 101 and beyond. Enough gushing, there will be plenty of that, and on to the meat. Lightning Round, Dream Merchant by Nathan Edmondson. A strange new universe with uh, a strange new universe with villainous creatures that resemble the cloaked kings from Lord of the Rings. Sometimes double issues can be taxing. Thanks for the backpedaling, the feet on the table, the bad boy comics, the crap, I ran out of things to say. And here I was trying to name five. Oh well, congrats, <laughs> fellas. See at Barcade. Penooch. Panooch. Amazing. That was a great letter. letter. That was probably one of the greatest email trolls in the history of the letter (laughs) segment. You couldn't have mentioned some of the other writers we love, like Jim Lee and Jeff Johns and Mark Wade. No. Apparently not. Couldn't have. Did we have any other uh, audio that you wanted to play before we, uh, we talk about our Earth... Shattering news. Yep. Just one more, folks. Ready for this? Hey, this is Chris Somney, and I just wanted to say a huge congrats to the Paper Keg guys on 100 episodes. Keep it going, guys. Jonesy just shot from <laughs> 6 to midnight <laughs> as soon as he heard Chris. <laughs> wow. VP of merch, Dale underscore A. Dale, are you going to be able to pay your mortgage next month for I, what this must have cost you in bribes alone? I, I, I know, right, Chris? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get tingle. I get chills every time I listen to that. 
That you probably was... been playing that on loop <laughs> since you had got that recording file. Playing it on loop, it's his new ringtone. It was the most <clears throat> mentally taxing thing from the moment he agreed to do it via email to the days later when I got the file. I I was in stitches wondering whether I would get uh-huh. an actual <clears throat> piece of audio from him. Wow. I don't think Jonesy will ever make VP status after no. the bar that uh, Dale underscore A has, has set. Uh, I'm stuck at JVP. <laughs> uh, thanks. Big thanks to everybody who uh, sent in some uh, congratulatory audio for us. It was a real treat for me to <clears throat> organize it and a real treat for me to see the guys' faces. When I played it, wow! Live. <laughs> that uh, was amazing, you know, Dale. That was amazing. We, we've been teasing news uh, all week long. But we're not and even going into the fireside. No, I think they think this warrants a full episode. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we've been we've been sticking together for many episodes. Ever since the beginning, you know, when Dale would flake out all the time, and it would just be me and Mark and Jonesy, and then the flake, uh, the flakeness changed. We just became one. You know, four members of the Paper Keg Podcast. Uh, You know, things change. Mark, do you have anything to say? After 100 episodes in the can and probably like 85 that I actually made it on. The time has come for me to part ways from Paper Keg. I look left, I look right, I take my bow, and gracefully walk off the stage. I am leaving the show with episode, at the conclusion of episode 101. No troll. This is fact. This is real life. Uh, we're letting Mark choose the book club for episode 101. We have no idea what it is. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's not going to be criminal. We know that much. Dear God, no. That's going to be the <laughs> Flaps first reviewed comic book ever, <laughs> in which I'm already in talks to guest host. So, so I wanted I wanted us to have... I didn't, I didn't want to announce this on 101. I wanted us to have one full week. You know, we can all look back the great mark moments of the show i've got at least four that i'm gonna clip out and have ready for the next episode um this is a big change mark's been here since the beginning on a side note if i knew that you were gonna do that i would not have read panucci's letter (laughs) (laughs) this is this is like johnny storm being killed off in fantastic four by jonathan hickman right he came back though you're not coming back this has been a wonderful experience, a great opportunity, and unlike most African Americans, I actually managed to stay for the majority of the run. You didn't kill me <laughs> off in the opening credits, and I am grateful for that every single day. This isn't an yeah. F y'all to my co-hosts, an F y'all to the fans of the show. It's real life caught up with me, and I can't keep up with it and Paper Keg, so I gotta go. Mark is a living enigma. We don't even know a whole lot about Mark. We just met him one day. We invited him to join our podcast. I don't even know if he's really black. I don't see color. Several years later, I wind up engaged to your best friend and attorney. 
family lawyer. Godmother to your firstborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so episode 101, you know, we'll talk about Mark's greatest hits. Um, you know, maybe we'll bring up a Dark Knight Rises spoiler <laughs> or three. Oh, yeah. God, that was a bad <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> uh, so that'll be a big show. Mark's final show. Officially, episode 101. We'll announce the book club this week. What a, sh- what a show. What news. What an amazing piece of news. What a Jones fun ride. still hasn't even said a word. Since, I, uh, I'm stunned. I, I want to say everything, I, I but really, it's probably... I really thought this was a troll aimed at me. And now I kind of think it's really happening. You get the couch to yourself? You get the sprawl He's... out? He's still not even going to be in the GDM camera the whole time. <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, oh, thanks, thanks to everybody for tuning in for a hundred episodes. Hundred, yeah. Mark, we love you guys. Would uh, you deeply like to take the last word? I can have it this time. Yeah, he's going to have another episode. This isn't his last show. Then let let me let me have it. It's been fun, y'all. Until next time. Fooled you. And good night. Nope. Forever. Never. Until next time. Jonesy to queue up something or Dale to queue up something. It's like Jonesy clicking on something over there. No, I, I, I got your message loud and clear and I burned my queue up cable during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Whose message was that? I made one comment and Jonesy could literally <laughs> read into it like it's the end of the world. Burned it. I burned it. Uh, Mark's final show next week. You know what I'm going to miss most about you guys? Nothing. The email chains when we decide what book to read, and I walk away from my desk for 20 minutes, and I have 30 emails left to read, and then 10 emails in, Jonesy gets this glimmer of hope, like we're going to pick the book that he suggested, <laughs> and then he's just ripped to shreds for suggesting something. I'll miss that the most. My favorite is when Dale and Slim both email reply each other within seven minutes of the first email going out. And then troll us for not being instantly on the phone emailing back. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's called smartphones. It's called. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Dale sometimes punch, pretends punctual. to be one of you know one of us. And our Jones, Jonesy's average response time for an email <laughs> is bordering between fourteen and eighteen hours. No way. That no is way. the time it takes to get an answer out of Jonesy. You are email. joshing me right now. Right, but the but the problem is if you if you picture a fifteen message email thread. He replies to message number five, <laughs> even though we're up to 15. So there's been changes made in between, but he just replies to, to the first email he comes across anyway. He's got a point. You do do that. Uh, get out of here. I wish you'd leave the show. <laughs> here comes Jonesy dropping F and S bombs. I, 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 I have not cursed once during this episode. Um, well, how about the rebuttals? What was Mark? What was your? What did I rebuttal you? Young for? Avengers Volume 2. Yeah, why don't you like that book? That is a great book. It's a maybe. I just don't care for Kieran's writing. I don't like this group. I don't like the lineup. 
and all they're doing is running away from their parents. Uh, this is a metaphor. For what? You know, for when right. you're 16 and 17, Mark, everyone yeah, wants to run away it. from their parents. Yeah? That's real life. I actually thought that. I said, would Welcome I enjoy to Earth. this? Welcome to Earth. I, would I enjoy this more if I was 16, 17? But then I thought, nah. Alan Heinberg's uh, Young Avengers Volume 1, you ever read that? Nope. That's the hotness. Is that, is that when it, did that come out during Civil War? A little bit earlier. Um, I think that 12-issue run came out, came out over the course of three years. I believe you're right, actually. <laughs> it's what's the, uh, the the Captain America kid is in it, though, right? He has that Patriot Shield or something. Is that is that what I'm feeling right now? Do you remember when I got Chris Somney on this g <laughs> podcast? How about that? Jones, you'll never forget it. I stood at attention as soon as I heard his voice. What's your anniversary date? Of my marriage? Yeah. Uh, no, the anniversary date of you hearing Chris Somni on the Paper Cake <laughs> podcast. Exactly. March the 12th, 2011. When did you first meet your wife? September of 07. When did Dale play Chris Somni? Just now, in my heart. <laughs> Someone, there was another rebuttal, too. Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, Ultimate you actually Spider-Man. talked it up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 23 issues in, and he finally loses a loved one. Peter Parker lost Uncle Ben in one issue, and then in Ultimate, he lost him in five. 23 issues in, and then the great Ben Dini does it again and drags out a story moment that should have happened years ago. Years ago. Mark, we can't all just recreate the same exact things that happened earlier in comics history. We we have to strive for something new. Something fresh. I want to drop the mic and walk off so bad right now. Can you didn't, you didn't, you you didn't, open, you didn't openly sob when Miles Morales' mother was shot and killed right in front of him. Oh, my God. Spoilers. 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 It's like, it's like three weeks old. Spoilers. Maybe. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> All right, hold Spoilers, on. But if Mark is not a... Uh, interested in dis- in debating the awesomeness. So let's let's read rule number 10. Flash reveals his choking fetish. Two drinks. Whenever Barry hugs, kisses, makes out, checks to make sure someone is okay, slash helps someone to their feet, watch as his huge hands hover around their neck for a moment, belaying, <laughs> belying a secret desire. Example, too many to mention. Wow. Uh, let's see. Roll he really nine. does. He, he'll just, you know, a quick right there. <laughs> Flash is oddly exhausted. Two drinks. In an attempt to give the Flash a weakness, a la Superman, Barry suffers from momentary windedness. <laughs> it's usually used as a plot device to let the villain get away so he can go after them after bagging this week's love interest. Example. Bagging. <laughs> Flash disarms bombs around Central City. However, the slow, <laughs> the slow, laborious disarming of Bomb Three leaves him winded and vulnerable to Captain Cold. <laughs> There's also I'm not going to read it, but f- rule number seven is Flash wears a new jacket. <laughs> was there one that was Flash walks? Yeah, we uh, read that earlier. Yeah, no, we read sorry. that one. I tried to read it. Rule number six is the rare white light bulb. 
yeah. <laughs> Three drinks. Related to Rule 5, the Flash attempts to stylize nearly every scene by using garishly tinted light bulbs to set some kind of mood the viewer doesn't understand. <laughs> when you see a rare, plain light bulb, get ready to gulp. <laughs> <laughs> The single white bulb in the lamp in Larry's apartment is the example. We are. This is, could be the longest show we've ever done. Hour we're, and thirty-seven minutes. Like it's a, episode one hundred. Was there one about the inept cops showing up? Yeah, yeah. Those were in the in the uh, the bottom of the list. And then the Flash does a mundane task at super speed. <laughs> the uh, the one example that I read was super hilarious. Is rule number five: inappropriate time reference. Uh, attempting to capitalize on the success of the Burton era Batman, the Flash attempts stylizing sets by combining modern technology, steampunk, and antique cars and cameras, and yet somehow still includes modern era set pieces. When they all jumble together in a single shot, the rule is in effect. Example, Julio pulls up in a 1955 jalopy. <laughs> Barry arrives at his red Taurus, but takes out a neon-lit crime kit. <laughs> oh, my God. We might have to do some kind of Flash TV drinking game extravaganza. I'd be down yeah. for that. Episode 102. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my word. What a show. 100 episodes. Whew. How about all those sounders that uh, came in from uh, some friends of ours? Jim Zub, Chris Somney, who cares who else? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't your son amongst them? Uh, it could have been. I don't know. <laughs> you got uh, stars in your eyes, and that's that's what I aimed to accomplish. No, yeah, Mark got mission accomplished. I just Mark got poked in the eye when uh, Jim Zub came on <laughs> and Chris Somney. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dale. Thank you for that. That was a uh, that was a hidden gem. I didn't know we were in store for tonight. That was uh, that really made my day. Did a, a great job on that. I felt very loved. Very loved, Dale. Thank you. Uh, I felt loved too. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. You yeah. I want to upset you or anything. Just gonna say I that bet. I felt uh, emotions. Oh, I get it. Cold. Cold. <sighs> Cold as ice. Oh, just real quick. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, you want to announce the book, or are we saving it for some email thread that will never end? <laughs> if you guys want to know, I'll tell you. It's going to be my favorite. We've read my second and third favorite superhero stories of all time, so I may as well leave with number one. Kingdom Come. Again. We, number two. Starman was number three. Wow. Does what Starman cross over with Kingdom Come at some point? Actually, he did. Okay. Is that the book? No, it's not. It's got to be... Mark Wade's something. One. Okay. Mark Wade's Tower of Babel. No, we all like it. Yeah. Mark Wade's Flash. Mark Wade's Flash, The Return of Barry Allen. Ugh. Oh, man. Oh, snap. The Put on your hip waders, people. Definitive superhero book. <laughs> well, my favorite superhero story of all time. Get your Mark Wade J guards ready. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Slim, can you go back and uh, insert the dial tone right before he announces what the book club is? <laughs> so I that we're not held idea. to that? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Love you guys out there. Yeah, thanks everybody. This is a uh, this is a great family to be a part of. Paper cake. Yeah.
have a dollar. In fact, no, brother, man, here, have two. Two dollars means a snack, snack to me, but it means a big deal, deal to you. Be strong, serve God only. No, that you do, beautiful heaven awaits. This is arrested development. I'm, uh, I'm going to stop recording. That's his name. No one ever knew his name because he's a no one. Never thought twice about spending on an old bum until I had the chance to really get to know one. Now that I know him, to give him money. Me too, then. Fine. Give me some knowledge. I'm buying some shoes. And I think blacks spend all their money on big colleges.